Welcome to the Tech Hustler podcast. This podcast is for you if you want to hear the unfiltered stories from inspiring tech entrepreneurs. I started this podcast and the community to create what I was missing in the tech industry today. My mission is to make space for women in tech by creating a platform where they can connect, get inspired and gain new knowledge that will help them to accomplish whatever they are dreaming of. It doesn't matter if you're a tech founder, an employee, or dreaming of launching a startup. This podcast is for you. My name is Ivana von Proschwitz, and I'll be your host. It's time to start hustling smarter, not harder. Today's episode is going to be all about money and a little bit of sex and spirituality to make life even better. My guest for today is Ida Herbertson. She is running an early stage investment structure, which has invested in over 90 companies from the startup house Mink and Ideon Innovation. About 45% of their portfolio companies have at least one female founder, and the latest investment company Fast Track Capital 3 has over 40% female investors. She is also a Feminvest ambassador working to accelerate female ownership. In her own coaching business, she teaches and supports women to love money and to connect with their sexuality. Warm welcome to the podcast, Ida. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. I am super excited to have you in my podcast today. Uh, because usually you are in Malmö. Yes, that's correct. So I'm here uh, for an event, which is going to be super fun tomorrow. So it was really good timing. Uh, yeah, and we have, um, I mean, wow, this episode, like money, spirituality, <laughs> sexuality. <laughs> this episode have it all, right? <laughs> oh, yes. All the things that I love to talk about. Amazing. But let's start from the beginning. Can you tell me about uh, Ming? and Ideon Innovation? Yes. So Mink uh, is the startup house of Malmö and Ideon Innovation is the startup house of Lund. Um, we have incubators and accelerator programs at both these uh, houses and I am employed by Mink, but I work a lot with both Mink and Ideon Innovation through Fast Track Capital. And Fast Track Capital is not to be mixed with our accelerator program that's called Fast Track Malma. They used to be very, uh, very linked together. They still are, uh, but Fast Track Capital has also evolved since since then. Uh, so to give a background about Fast Track Capital, it was set up. The first Fast Track Capital one was set up back in 2017. Uh, and invested in 2017 and 2018, moved, and then 2019, we started with Faster Capital 2, and in the summer of 2021, Faster Capital 3. And the basics are that we invest in early-stage startups from our programs, and the first uh, investment structure, Faster Capital 1, only invested in the Faster Malma companies. So that's where the name comes from. And then from Faster Capital 2, it was... Uh, evolved and started investing also in the incubator companies at Mink. And then at Faster Capital 3, we also uh, took on Idea and Innovation. So now Faster Capital is a collaboration between Idea and Innovation and, and Mink. Yeah, and it uh, creates a nice ecosystem. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And that's like the main reason why we exist compared to other investment structures or investment funds. The main objective for Faster Capital is to improve the ecosystem. And that's both by uh, giving access to capital very early stage for the startups, as well as improving and developing the the ecosystem for the angel investors by both having experienced and very new angel investors. And of course, it, it also improves the attractiveness for the, for the startup houses. Yeah, that sounds really good. And uh, what kind of companies do you invest in? We invest very broadly. So the main... Um, the main thing that you need to be able to get an investment from Faster Capital is either to be linked to one of our uh, programs at Mink or at Idea and Innovation. And to compare Idea and Innovation and Mink, I would say, like generally, the companies at Idea and Innovation tends to be more deep tech. They have a very close 
connection to um, Lund University, which by then makes it come come more technical, deeply technical ideas, which is super cool. Um, and other than that, it's it's a lot about scalability and innovation, wanting to build something that's bigger than yourself. Um, that's basically also what's needed to actually get into some of the one of the houses. So we aim to be able to invest in as many companies as possible. Um, and we're very proud to say that forty five percent of our of our portfolio companies has at least one female founder. Um, I think we are around. 15, 16, maybe 17% have uh, is only female teams uh, and the rest is male teams. And yes, we still have work to do, but we're way, way better than average, which we also need to be because we are usually the very first investor. And for the companies to be able, for, for the later stage investors to be able to actually improve their numbers, which today... For for female founded is somewhere around one to two percent and mixed somewhere between ten to twenty depending on where you what your sources are. But for them to be able to improve their numbers, we need to become even better, of course, because if if the companies doesn't even have the possibility to reach further, so so it's given that we need to be really good. And I would say that one of our main one of the main reasons why we have succeeded in that is that Mink has had that as like an outspoken goal that we want 50% of our companies in in the house to have at least one female founder and 50% of the companies receiving venture capital to also have at least one female founder. And of course, in our investment structure, we have the, the last one, we have 40% female investors plus a few mixed teams on top of that, which is usually a husband and wife or a brother and sister. And that is one of the keys. I have. I wish I had all the keys uh, to how, how we actually improve those numbers, but female investors is definitely one of the important keys to be able to, to help more um, female companies get funded as well. And to really get into the potential that's there because there are women building the most amazing companies. And to be honest, the venture capital and all capital is just missing out on a big potential. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, I interview a lot of female tech founders and I mean, they are all building very impactful businesses Yes. and often uh, creating solutions that they were missing or lacking when they had children or when they had like issues of finding a therapist or whatever it can be. So, so I definitely agree. Like uh, women are creating amazing businesses with huge social, I mean, it's a good business from money wise, but it's also gives back to the communities and also give a positive impact on top. So I'm not saying that's the only thing, but on top, it's also impact on the society, like positive impact on the society. And without having any like data or, or numbers to back that up, I'm like from from experience, I believe, uh, and and this is definitely a belief, that if we look at the companies uh, that are funded, and we look at the the female funded companies, the majority have an impact. While that's not the true, that's not true for for male funded companies, from my experience. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any data to back that up. But I think and and. My my feeling uh, is definitely that women create companies even more to impact the world and to make the world better. And just as you are saying, it's great business as well, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Investors can make money and create positive impact. Yes, yes. But what I'm saying or what I'm hearing from you is that you have taken an active decision on this to yes. both 
like actively sourced female founder teams and mixed teams and also you have also female investors that yeah. understands or like can see things from a different different perspectives. Yeah, totally. And and I would say that we have managed to do that. I, I would say one important key for us when it comes to finding and having um, female-founded companies apply to the incubator or to the accelerator is to have coaches and program leads that are female as well. We know that that makes a difference. And I know a former colleague of mine uh, who is now running a VC fund She says that it's really important for them. She is the only woman. There are two two men and, and one woman in this fund. And I know she said that it's so important that we have this, that we both have male and female general partners in this fund because the female founders tend to connect to her and they might not even reach out if it's just male funds, um, which because there's... We want we we want role models and we want people to look up to and so for us it's it's been really important and for our accelerator program it's been run by a man and a woman before and it's still run by a man and woman I think that's one of the keys for us to be able to attract females and women to our programs and when it comes to to our investment structure we've when we set up Faster Capital three during the spring and summer of 2021, we had spe- specific events targeting women um, where, where they felt heard and where they could ask all the questions that they didn't know how to ask otherwise. And we've also, one one other important thing is that, I mean, in, in, the, in the investment world, when it comes to unlisted companies and investing in startups, usually you need a lot of money. Um, And in in our structure, we've had, and and that's probably the plan moving forward as well, we've had a ticket size that would allow more women to be able to invest. And and for anyone who's new to investing, ticket sizes is the money that the investor actually put in. And that's also helped us bring in more women. Um, And well, some might argue, yeah, you could lower it even more. Sure. Uh, there's always a balance uh, between also, to be fair, not having too many investors because there is a lot of administration that goes into that work as well. But but I think there there's a lot to do there to open up for women. And it might require you to work a little bit harder. It might require you to ask, actually ask other people than you usually ask and maybe talk to your friend's wives if that's the closest connection you have to women who might be interested yeah but i mean you can also tap into those networks i mean you don't have to be a woman to understand that diversity is a good for business i mean you and if you as a man don't have that networks and maybe are not in that circles, then you can tap into that. I mean, women in AI, for example, we welcome men. We do, we create events for women, but we welcome men as well. And I'm sure like like in female invests, it's called female events because you want to target the female audience, but you, I'm sure you don't yes. ex- exclude no, men. Like of men course. are super welcome to come to your events or, or like if you are curious, tap into those networks. Exactly. If you don't have them, like be curious, show up at an event, talk with people, uh, show up at, uh, I don't know, some uh, female tech founder events. I mean, just talk with people and then you, you, you'll you get that network and get of that course. pipeline. Because I hear sometimes investors saying, yeah, we don't have to, we have too few females in our pipeline. Like we, yeah. we don't have p- females like applying to us. Then that's something that you should think about. Why is that? Yeah. How does your like webpage look? Who do you portray? Like how do you communicate? Who is your general partners? Yeah. Do they reflect a diversity or, or is it just a homogenous homogenic yeah. group of people? Because then that's that's what you will get. That's what exactly. you will attract. Exactly. And and sometimes when we're talking about this this morning, um with an with a few other investors, and sometimes investors tend to say, well yeah, they we don't have that many female founded companies in our fund, but 30% of them are have female CEOs. And that's like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And that's definitely, but that's another question. 
Yeah. Like that's another thing we need to work on as well. But we also see, and we have seen, and that, that was a big thing a while ago with this femwashing that we, there's even companies who are actually doing things or producing products or services for women, but it's only men in the team. Uh, in it's the founding team. In the founding team, mm. in the actual ownership. Ownership, yeah, exactly. And there again, if you... If you're not the owner and you don't get the exit, then you don't have the money, then you can't invest in that. So it's 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 something that needs to be built on. And yes, it takes time, but you also need to, you need to, maybe you need to work harder to reach the female founders. And, and as you were saying, you realize, okay, how does your web pitch look? Who are you portraying? What can we do to attract them? Call X amount of female founders that you know are running a company. Maybe you've seen that they raised money recently. Hey, why didn't you contact us? For example, I mean, if you're really curious and want to know and want to change, you need to talk to the actual founders that you maybe don't invest in or maybe haven't even seen you yet. Yeah, but I think that's a matter of survival as, as well because we talk about a lot about these things and we talk about sustainability and uh, and we talk about uh, this sustainable goals and like diversity and things like that so i would also say it, it's it's a matter of survival like if you want to stay relevant in this market Absolutely. then you have to be interested in these things yes. and kind of reach out of your bubble and try to see what where where is your biases or where is the hurdles like what can you change and it's it might be usually the smallest things maybe you need a partner to show up or be in some panels uh, that are like on events that are targeting the female audience to be seen in the, those circles and by that group or i mean it did You don't have to maybe like redo your whole thesis and your whole fund, no. but it can be small tweaks that can make a, a big difference. Absolutely, and 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 also also bringing back to what you were talking about, we also or that you mentioned, we also need to do it together. Yes, like, we as women can't do this by ourselves. And and to be honest, this is my personal opinion. If we were to do it by ourselves and just push for more women and more women, then I think we're we're not better than any other human anyways because what we want and what I t believe in the most is is that we all have the opportunities no matter man or woman and there might be the fact that we also build different types of companies and we absolutely need to do this together both when it comes to entrepreneurs and investors so it's and for any male entrepreneur or male investor who doesn't know how to reach the female companies, female founded, or or if you want a female co-founder, find your ways. Reach out and it's like, hey, I I want to learn. And yes, that might feel even humiliating and difficult, uh, but I promise you that it's going to be worth it. But why don't you think, what do you think that not many men are talking about these topics? Or do, do you see them talk? I, mean, I, th I think like it's a low-hanging fruit. If there was a male uh, investor talking about these yeah. things openly, like uh, asking these questions and like, um, uh, yeah, pushing for more diversity. I mean, they would be, they, that would be so easy win for that person. Yes, yes. And, and I think I would say, There are a lot of things happening, like really concrete things. I, I feel like we're we're currently where we're moving from only talking to actually doing. And I know there is um, there's initiative in um, in Denmark. I don't remember what it's called, but I know a few of the um, D Danish VC funds, including Vexfonden, uh, which is the government's fund, is is involved in this, where they are actually looking into their numbers. What does our fund look like? Where where, where are we losing the women or did we never have them? So finally, they are actually follow, they actually follow up the numbers to be able to do something about it, which I think is great. So, so there are things happening because first you need to understand where are we losing them or was it that we never had them? 
to be able to really change that and, and to build another narrative. I think that's brilliant because yeah. it's it's not an easy question to answer. No. It's a complex question. Yes. And there is like, you really have to see the whole pipeline. Yeah. It's not as easy to say, we just need more female investors and everything will be sold. Or we just need more uh, female uh, entrepreneurs and everything. I mean, yeah. you have to really th- see the whole whole journey and whole pipeline yeah. from like how many people or how many women uh like study technical things on on universities how many uh apply for patents how many go to these accelerator programs and want to be entrepreneurs how many then form companies mm. how many apply to vcs and then you have also almi for loans and yeah. Innova for innovation grants and then like follow up investments to abcd uh i mean i think it's very smart to look at the whole pipeline and yeah. then understand like what are the biggest hurdles for women when they want to build uh, companies. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. But we also, I mean, there is a lot of talk about the 1-2%. Uh, and, and I mean, those are very dark numbers. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like <laughs> to talk are. about them. I mean, it, that, that, it's statistic, right? Yeah. That's the fact. Yeah. But uh, how do we, how do we not, how do we like go from talking about it to acting on it in your opinion like how do you think we can put that emotion yeah and and i as i said i think there are a lot of things happening and i think we need to very much step outside ourselves and and see our own biases because we have them i mean i'm I, i'm i feel like i'm super aware of female founders and and so on But of course, I'm judging female founders differently than I judge male founders because a lot of that is biological, to be honest. And that's also been part of our survival and so on. And that's something that we could probably talk about for hours as well. <laughs> um, but it's it's also, and I think you kind of touched upon that, we, we can make small shifts that can have a huge impact and it could be I mean it could be anything from just like okay so this let's say you're raising a fund and you want more female investors in your fund and yeah you you gather and, and find meetings with x amount and everyone says no ask why are you saying no and really have the open space where the women who say no can be truly honest with the reason they say no. Because maybe it's that I don't have enough funds. Okay, can we find a solution to this? So then many times when you invest in a, in a regular fund, um, which is like regulated uh, in many more ways than a, an investment company, Then, then there is like a threshold, the minimum amount you need to invest. Well, maybe you can find ways for women to go together and, and invest together. And, and in that sense, yes, you are getting them on board. You are inviting them in. Um, and things such as what questions am I asking the founders? Am I asking these female founders and male founders the same? Because we know Science is saying that we are asking different questions and we're judging men on potential and and women based on what they've done previously. And also remember when when if if you're a female founder and you might feel like I'm scared of the venture capital industry. Yeah. Also remember that it's not for everyone. And it's not that you're building a better or worse company just because you are you are or you're not raising venture capital because venture capital is very much to summarize about like making one investment that gives you a hundred X the invested amount and then the rest goes to shit. Yeah. To be fair, it's like super duper high risk mm. and you can still build an awesome company and have investors along the way who may not be VC investors, but you can still raise money uh, and build a great company. Yeah, and I think that you touched a very important piece here that 
like not I think that like VCs and venture capital gets so much room in the media and it becomes it has become kind of this measurement of success like if you are in break it that you have raised millions then you are a successful founder and you are, are a successful company Absolutely. but that's not the case I mean that's one route and like you said like Venture capital maybe is not fit for all business no. ideas and it's not better or worse. It's just like you maybe don't want to grow that fast and build that huge company in like three years or five years and 100x the, the investment. But you want to create a sustainable company or like grow, grow a little bit uh, slower, but it can still be a very profitable company. Yes. So you then you need to find other ways of funding. Exactly. And and I think that maybe, and maybe that's something that we're going to see, we might see other types of funds emerge as well. And there are other types. And I'm definitely not one who knows everything about all the type of funding you can have as a startup. But I think that's a really big, important thing. And you also touched upon the subject of profitability. And to be fair, there are a lot of companies who's raised billions at least billions of Swedish crowns, who are still not profitable. So just because you're raising VC funding and getting really far and raising a lot of money doesn't actually mean that you're creating a company that's going to survive. Um, so true. Some of them are are going to go, not going to, m- most of the VC funded, company are, VC funded companies are not going to survive. And that's part of the game. And that's okay. And it's also key if you don't want to build that type of company, find other investors. There might be family offices who would be interested in investing more long term or there might be other types of funds who are able to stay on for a longer period of time. Because most VC funds at the, like the regular level, they have they have a set amount of time before they have to have made exits from other company, which other companies, which sometimes might be push exits before companies are ready or push growth to just reach that valuation because and I, I mean I'm I'm still kind of part of the venture capital like world but there are so many companies that are built and that are pushed to grow so fast in a way that's not sustainable for the company but also not for the founders it's hard work building a music company. Yeah, exactly. But what does it take to create a VC fund? Because I think we need more female investors yes. as well. Yeah, and yes. female general partners, yeah. Yeah, we definitely do. So so for anyone who's listening, uh, general partners are usually the one who are setting up the fund and, and who are like the founders of the fund, so to say. You can also come in later uh, as a general partner, I would say, um, or as a partner. And then the limited partners are the ones who who invest their money, but they basically don't do any of the work or or, or so on. And, and then, then the, the general partners build their organization, of course, with, with more people as well. And usually when you, uh, and I'm not an expert on this since, since Faster Capital is not an actual fund, but when, when you set up a fund and let's say you want to raise um, 100 million uh, VC fund, well, then you as a general partner would also need to put in somewhere between one, one and a half, maybe sometimes even up to two, but one, one and a half percent of that capital yourself. And knowing that we have not that many females or, or female founders who have done a great exit and then want to go on to, to build a VC fund, it's difficult because there's not that many people who have one, one and a half million dollars to put into a fund because that also needs to be money. You probably also want some other money and not put all your money uh, into one fund as well. So that, it's that has to be money that you are prepared to waste. Yeah, or lose. Ex- exactly, yeah. exactly. Because you never. There are no guarantees. Know. Yeah, there, there's there are no guarantees. Uh, and that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot of money that that many, especially women, don't have. So so it's many times even more difficult for women 
to set up funds. And we, we've also seen, uh, there are also numbers showing that women who do set up funds tend to get less money from the limited partners, the LPs, than male-only GPs get. Uh, so that's also, it's difficult. There are, as far as I've understood, possible ways to like come around the this so you don't have to at once put in all the full one, one and a half percent. But that's still making it really a big, big challenge. And at the same time, it's difficult because you also want the GP to be invested themselves because you want them to have skin in the game, just like you want founders to have skin in the game when you invest in a company. And in the, the big LPs, they are like pension funds and, and institutional investors. So they are putting in a lot of money into you. And as a like first time VC fund manager and, or, or GP, it's difficult to to get that capital. It's difficult for you to have the capital from the start and it's difficult for you to raise because you might not have a track record, but there are ways maybe you can build your track record through angel investing to start with um, and find ways. Or, I mean, I haven't built any fund yet. I will probably do that one day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Call me. Because, <laughs> uh, and... and, and, and I'm so happy that I have had the chance to basically set up a fund and hopefully another one or like fund, uh, meaning an investment company that it's kind of working as a fund, but it's not really a fund. But to get an understanding without all the regulation that comes on when you're an actual fund, but to actually understand, okay, processes, we have angel investors. Yes, they are involved in a regular fund, the LPs, which would represent our angel investors, are not involved. So that would, of course, make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, still, still like having options such as fast track capital is not only a way to build the angel network and to get access to to capital VRL stage. It's also a way to build future fund managers. And one of our biggest investors is Sam Invest, which is the Swedish state's government fund, and. That is also one thing that they hope to get out of the millions of Swedish crowns that they deploy into these angel investment companies that are set up at different incubators and accelerators throughout Sweden. So so they are definitely part of building the ecosystem long term. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, it sounds pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm not going to say it's dark. I would say we are living in a very exciting time. What are the opportunities? Yes, yes. Let's talk about that. <sighs> so how do we? Because I mean, it 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 sounds like a vicious circle, right? Yeah. We have too few female investors, so then we have uh, uh, too little capital going to women, and then we also have too few female founders. So like, it, it becomes this circle that's just just uh, not positive, and not good. <laughs> so how do we break it? Like how? What can we do today to um, help to support more female founders, get in more like uh, female investors? Like how how can we support um, the ecosystem to thrive and women (laughs) to thrive and get more funding to their companies? This is such a hard and good question. And I wish I had the perfect in your, answer. In your opinion. I mean, I, <laughs> no, I understand no, that you're not God. You can't just like... <laughs> I, I wish I wish You don't I have a magic wand just to have the perfect answer and everything is sold. I totally get that. No, but like, what do you think from your perspective? Like, what can be done? Yeah. I, I think we need to lift our role models, uh, whether it's uh, investors or founders. Uh, and, and also... In general, and this might even be a biological thing, I feel like we as women tend to want more of a community together. And and I think that's also one of the reasons why I love Femme Invest and why I'm an ambassador, because that's also what we are building a lot. Uh, And use these communities to lift each other up. And and I, I know that sounds like, but haven't we been doing that for ages? Yes, but there's still work to be done. And invite the men. Yeah. Sometimes... 
we might feel like we need to be invited by the men. Sometimes maybe we also need to invite the men and we can't do this alone. And I also do believe that there are a lot of men out there who don't really know what to do. So, and it's not really their problem uh, in that sense, even though that is, but they might just like, whatever, someone else will need to take care of that. But if we can invite them and, and, and show them the reality uh, and talk to them and ask curious questions about if, if you're sitting in a room with 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 investors or, or and so on, ask the, the male investors, why did you ask me that question? Or like really dare to be courageous. Uh, I, I think that's super important. And it's also really, really hard. And we've also talked about opening up our networks. I think we're, we as women are really, really good at that. But, but yes, so continue to do that, continue to building community, continue to show the role models, continue to be curious and not by blaming the men, we're not really getting anywhere. Uh, and that's sometimes the spin that this is getting. And I understand that people are fed up that it's still not showing any better numbers. But being curious and really trying to understand each other. Yeah, uh, but I don't think we blame the men. I mean, I don't, at least. No. I mean... I mean, there are brilliant uh, male investors and founders and, and um, um, coaches and, and supporters. I mean, so I don't think like being a champion for female uh, entrepreneurship um, and, and wanting more funds to go to women doesn't have to be that it's taken from men. Exactly. I think that's such a good point that you're making because it it's not. It's not about taking from the men and giving to the female. No. It's exactly. about creating more for everyone. Yes, exactly. It's about stopping the scarcity yes. uh, that Mindset. we yeah. believe in, instead of thinking like there is enough and more than enough for everyone because there is. And that's going to create a better world. I th- love that you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. But I understand. I, I totally understand what you're meaning that in the public debate. Yeah. It feels sometimes that it's uh, finger pointing, yeah. and that like it comes across that like you are hating on men or hating or or or, or on uh, female like uh, male founders or male entrepreneurs. But that's I don't I don't uh, see that in that light, and I don't intend uh, to communicate that message at all. But I think that like it's not taking from the men, but it's adding. Or yes. like it's it's enough yes. for everyone to yes. go around. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Totally, totally. And and I mean, as as investors, dare to ask yourself if this was a male-funded company, would I invest more or less? Would I ask the same questions? Because we also tend to see that female-funded teams, as well as female uh, GPs in in VC funds, get less money the tickets that they receive are smaller uh, than the male counterparts and ask yourself if if you are contributing because we are all contributing to where things are going so sometimes we need to step outside and also acknowledge that we will never know everything and that it's okay to change your minds Exactly. Uh, and we are human. We have biases, like you said. We do yes. make mistakes, but it's okay to reevaluate yes. or like get new insights and Absolutely. then act differently in a new situation. Yeah. And, and, and dare to acknowledge that to ourselves. It's like, okay, what I did now was not good. Okay, so what can I learn from that? Move on. And if if you feel like you're okay with it, talk to others about it as well. And like, hey, I just realized that I'm about to invest in this company. And when I was like looking into myself, I realized that I would invest more if if it was a male only company. So yeah, just like admitting that we have 
these things, and it's going to bring us a lot further. And and really look at yourself and see, okay, can I? Why? Why is this this happening? So yeah. so yeah. But I think also that men needs more role models. Absolutely. Because I think that some men are like want to allies uh, with females and like want to help them and want to include them but maybe they don't know how yeah. sometimes absolutely and maybe they don't know how to talk about these things um in their groups or yeah. in their like um, networks uh, because they maybe are afraid to come across in the wrong way or mm. something like that so I, I definitely think that we also need more men talking about these questions and and bringing up diversity and how they think about it, yeah. how they talk about it. Um, yeah, definitely think that as well. Yeah, and, and also touching upon like diversity in general because it's also so much more than just yes. women and men. Yeah, uh, And that's also probably something we could talk about for as long mm. uh, because we also see that it's mainly white men who get most of the money. So, I mean, if, if you're not white you're having an even harder time. Uh, so, so we continuously need to evaluate and reevaluate ourselves and this is the decisions we are making and what we're putting out there. Yeah, definitely. And stop investing in the same kind of company. Yes. Or in the same kind of um, business ideas. But yeah. Because there are of, people... Outside of the box. Yeah, <laughs> because there are people that we feel comfortable with because they're kind of like us. Yeah, and and that we have seen that they have been a success. But as you mentioned or pointed out so truly, even though these companies that have got massive investments and are huge companies today, they are not profitable. Some of them. And they, yeah. And they are still considered successes, even though they actually are not bringing more money into the system in that sense. They're just continuing to use investors' money. And... That's also something that's not really right with this industry, <laughs> to yeah. be fair. Yes. And I think um, the crashes and or, or whatever you want to call it from the last few months is really healthy for the industry, even though I know there are companies who are suffering a lot from it uh, in the long run. I think it's it's really a good thing. Yeah. But it is it is a lot of masculine energy in the tech industry. Yes. yes. Uh, like, Yeah. It's a focus on like building fast, breaking things. It's yeah. it's, it's a lot of uh, in in the doing and and uh, yeah. a lot of masculine energy. Yeah, in the whole industry. So yeah, it will benefit definitely. to have some more feminine energy <laughs> focusing on creation and innovation. And Absolutely, building allies and building communities mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, but um, now we have talked a long time about investment. <laughs> I'm super curious to glide over <laughs> to the other topic. So in your uh, spare time, you are also a coach and yes. coach uh, about money and sexuality. Yes, Tell me, correct. I mean, that's super interesting. How, what is the connection there? Tell me more. Well, I love that we're talking about both money and sex and how deeply connected they are, uh, according to me. And this has been like something that I have, I feel like I've learned um, throughout the last, the last few years, to be, to be honest. And um, I've, part of me has always had like a spiritual practice, uh, whatever you want to put into that. I know that some might even stop listening now because they just think it's woo-woo. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but from my perspective, it's it's very much about growth and development and like my inner being, um, whatever you words you would like to use from that. And I, f- from my perspective... Like looking at money and sex and why why those are the areas that I've chosen to focus on uh, is also because I think that they're connected. But looking at money and sex, those are two topics that I would say almost everyone has so many limiting beliefs about in the world today. And we tend to believe the money, we were talking about scarcity before. Yes, everyone thinks that money is a scarcity. That's actually not true. There is like 
so much money and when there's not enough money the government starts printing more so uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> a is, nice thought <laughs> but it is kind of true uh, and then then everything happens in cycles um, but both money and sex are they're intertwined and they are very important and very present in our lives today and from my perspective sex and sexuality and our sexual power is is very much our creative power and our creative flow and the creative flow is also can also create money and money is just a resource like anything but we are also giving a lot of power to that resource and if i just had more money or if i just got that race or if i just got whatever it is then everything would work out and that's not at all true and you can probably put in whatever other words if you just got that job if i just which has a lot to do with our mental work and our growth and our like personal development and, and for me that's spirituality and personal development is very much knitting together from my perspective there are just different words that you may use to describe one or the other uh and i feel like the more i work with myself and the more i i don't want to really use the word challenge but the more i dig into my own beliefs because they continue to exist even though i have been working with this for a while about money and about sex the more i get to know myself the more i can relax and the better life becomes and and ultimately it's it's never about getting billions or and it's about how we want to feel about those money and money and sex as i said my, what i see when it comes to the connection is so much that there are so many limiting beliefs around both of them and the creative power that can be unleashed or released if if we dare to let go of of a lot of our beliefs and dare to allow ourselves to just enjoy and feel the pleasure and many times when we talk about sex it's just like it's about penetration and when i talk about sex it's it's not at all it, it's about energy like the sexual power or the sexual energy or if you rather call it as i did on a on a workshop the other day pleasure energy the things that makes you flow that's creation and it's so much within our body and many of these things and that i talk about with my clients is also connecting deeper to your own body because our body holds so much wisdom but we have kind of forgotten that and you were also touching upon the masculine and the feminine energy mm. which is just like so interesting when we start to work more with those and and i think we are seeing more and more women rising building companies doing it the feminine way yes. which is not about like do 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 as the masculine way is mm. it's more about building networks and communities yeah. and yeah being creative and creating impact and exactly. exactly and and not doing it in a in a way that burns us exactly not rushing something but exactly. working with your intuition and yes. building your company intuitively and in blocks like building yeah. blocks but that's super interesting but why do you think there is such a taboo around um yeah we can first start with money because i mean we all have feelings yes. around money and yeah. like you said it's not about the actual money but money is a tool or money is energy yeah. uh, but we we have so many feelings yeah. around this tool so tell me a little bit about that yeah we have so many feelings about money it's i would say most of us or no all of us have 
things that we bring with us from our childhood growing up. So if, if you feel like, oh, I don't have any feelings about money, check in with yourself and see, okay, what did my parents teach me about money? And from like, just to take a personal experience, my, my mom has always been worried that there isn't enough money. Uh, and she was growing up where her dad was constantly telling her mom that they didn't have enough money. My dad, on the other hand, he's never worried about money. And he didn't grow up rich, but he grew up on a farm where they basically had everything. Uh, his dad was um, fishing and hunting, so and they were growing stuff as well. So there was never an issue about money. So they come in with... So much difference. And I have been like somewhere in between and going back and forth. And that's also been part of my own journey. Like throwing away money when I was a kid, like spending the, my weekly allowance before I basically had it. And then I went into a super saving mode. Um, so much as it, I was, it, it was part of breaking that, that relationship that I was in back then. Uh, and then realizing, okay, wait, it's never about the money. It's about the relationship that I feel with this money because looking at yourself and then you you might say and and I know that this this might hurt and I know we're also in extremely difficult times when it comes to money so take that with you I know it's I know it's difficult now um but many people say that oh if I would just have more money then I will start saving the thing is you could probably look back at the last 10 years when you have been saying the exact same thing and nothing has changed, even though your salary might have advanced and, and you, you are making way more money now than 10 years ago, but there's still no money left by the end of the month. And for some in society, I, I really want to emphasize that again. It's I know it's difficult for real. But also for many of us, we're making it more difficult than it actually has to be. And it hurts to realize that. It's not easy because what's happening is then, okay, so I'm responsible for feeling this about money. We're giving so much power to this paper which basically doesn't exist as paper in Sweden anymore, but that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> this digital number Exa on your bank account. <laughs> exactly. We're giving that so much power instead of taking that power back ourselves. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, we are living in, um, what do you call it? Capitalist, yeah. uh, Capitalist society. society. Yeah. I mean, we do. So you have to have money to provide for you. But but we are talking about something else, like the next le like the level about when you are provided, when you have uh, a roof over your head, you have yes. food in your belly. Yes. But then all, what happens then? Like with the surplus of your money. Exactly. And, and like you said, like you have this limiting beliefs, like when I have money or when I get rich uh, or it's always something in the future. Yes. It's not now. Exactly. And also like you feel maybe when you overspend, you feel yeah. guilt exactly. that you wasted that money yeah. or you save and then you feel good because you have so much money on the bank account, but you have no experiences. <laughs> like you're not going anywhere. Yeah, you're exactly. not buying anything. No. Is that a, a life worth living? So exactly. we have so much attached yes. to money. That it's not about the money in itself. No, it's so I much about the relationship. And so insightful. And it's also changing a lot throughout our lives and what we want to spend money on. And and I think it's sometimes really important to come back to you. You were talking about a lot of different feelings. We then then we feel ashamed maybe for shopping too much. And and somehow we might not feel safe having a lot of money because we grow we, we might have been growing exactly. up having basically zero money and on a logical level it might feel like of course I'm safe if I have money but to be fair if you grew up with almost zero money maybe parents constantly fighting about money or money always being a hard subject and there were never any money subconsciously you know that you will survive if you basically don't have any money 
So you find ways subconsciously again to get rid slash spend that money because you actually don't feel safe having money. Yeah, exactly. Or you have limiting beliefs that or rich people are jerks yes. or rich people, like people with money, they are not good people. So exactly. that's also a limiting belief. Yeah. Then you you don't want to become that person. So you don't want to build your wealth or like yeah. up subconsciously, you sabotage yeah. your own financial yeah. wealth because yeah. you are afraid or you're afraid like maybe I would change. Like what would my relatives think about me if yeah. I had more money mm-hmm. and, and I, I was wasteful and spent it on, <laughs> I don't know, a car exactly. or travels or something yeah. like it's so much because, yeah, it's like it's a really taboo and um, a topic that brings a lot of feelings yeah. and also open ups our own limiting beliefs and feelings yeah. about money. Reflected in other people. Yeah. So what do you tell your customers like or your coaching clients? Like how how do you how do you work with these things? Yeah. Because it's not just like, oh, I got this insight, now it's done. I mean it's <laughs> No, because it's, it's a continuous work and it also yeah. changes as soon as, as like our own circumstances changes, which got very evident for me when I was um when I met my boyfriend about two years ago. Uh but what what usually what we work with is a lot about asking ourselves what we have been taught and what we can do to release that and also which is also where the sex part kind of comes in and intertwines it's it's coming back to our bodies okay so when i think about money and if you're listening to them when you think about money or think about being rich what happens in your body if you really Like close your eyes and notice what's there for me. Is there something, oh, there's a contraction in my stomach or maybe there's, it's like I just want to pull myself together and I feel like, oh, it's this yucky feeling. Notice whatever is happening and be curious about what's coming up in your body. Because again, the body holds so much wisdom that we many times have forgotten. Mm. And when you talk about sex and sexuality in this context, yeah. you talk about your body and like yeah, very, very the much. energy that you feel exactly. in your body. So it's yes. not sexual in itself, no. but it is more of an energy in your body. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's so important because, I mean, especially if you are an ambitious person and you want to do more, you want to create more, yeah. you live in your head a lot and I think that we live in our head a lot (laughs) these days with social media and like continuous learning and everything Mm -hmm. that we forget about our body and we forget to ground ourselves and like check in in our body because sometimes it feels that we are just like uh, souls with a <laughs> with a head and all of feelings. I feel I like that definitely. Yes, me too. So I think it's so important what you are pointing out here, like that you your body actually holds so much information yeah. and so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. But we are so used in our society to go on the numbers, on the facts, yeah. like not go with your gut feeling mm-hmm. or intuition because yeah. that's a Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, exactly, exactly. That, that's nothing to be trusted. Like, it's the facts, but uh, that's not tr- like the whole truth. No, and I think we can create and find so many. I mean, we're talking about business ideas and, and entrepreneurs and, and investing before. And I think if we can bring together yes, the logic, the numbers with the feeling, the gut feeling and whatever yes. you want to call it that's that's real magic it's for me that's also very much about bringing together the masculine and the feminine yes those energies because i mean they exist and they are there whether you choose to believe them or not it's it's different energies and when we can wow when we can merge them together that's beautiful and something that that i really want to send with everyone also is that, I mean, many of us, including me, have very masculine jobs. I mean, I work with Excel sheets. It's this, do, 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 do. And when I get home, I just want to allow myself to be held, to be provided for, to relax. And that's taken me years to realize. 
and it made a huge difference. I still struggle allowing myself to relax into my feminine because we've been taught that we need to be strong and independent and so on and so on. Uh, and allowing ourselves to just like take a breath and be held for a while. Yes. And let the intuition, the creative, the creativity, let that flow. Mm, yeah. But I, I 100% agree with you. Like when you combine and merge these yeah. two worlds, that's really when the magic happens. And, and I mean, the best ideas you get when you are in the shower or taking a walk, when you're yes. not in the doing, but you're more in the being or more in your creative space. That's when you can really unlock that issue or like that puzzle or that something you were struggling with in your Excel sheet or whatever yeah, it can exactly. be. You're like, aha, now I get it. Mm -hmm. Or you get that brilliant idea or like, oh, I should connect with this person. Like, It's, um, yeah, I think that when we combine the numbers and the logic and the business with the feelings and, and intuitions and in sales, as, I yes. mean, sales is all about feelings. Like what yes. feelings is your customer feeling when they are buying your product? They're not yeah. buying maybe a product for the product, but they are buying that product for because it makes them feel in a certain way. Exactly. And yeah. So and, and back to feeling, it's it's not the actual money or the actual thing that we want to buy or the actual amount in the savings account. It's what we want to feel that yes. we're after. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. so much back to that, which I think it's, we, we see it coming back more and more. And, and, and I feel like many times in the Western society, we have also like pushed that away. Yes. Um, and, and I think it's great that it's coming back. But um, it's coming more and more yes. now, especially after COVID, I think, and Absolutely. the pandemic. It has kind of opened up more of um, space for these more intuition-driven uh, things to flourish. Absolutely. And I think that more and more people are looking into those kind of, yes. to balance all the masculine and all Absolutely. the doing And to recover, I mean, to, to recharge, because I think when, like you also said before, like if you, if we are in our masculine energy too long mm -hmm. and like we burn up because yes. we can't be there the whole time. Exactly. Like we need to find, we need to switch between these two energies to be in the Absolutely. being, do the work that we want to put yeah. out in the world, but also tap into our intuition, tap into our body, ground ourselves, take time for reflection, mm -hmm. to build those networks and relationship that is as important yes. uh, to our business and to yeah. our success. So definitely. And, and I, I think society has work to do. And with society, I mean, all of us to acknowledge that those things are worth a lot. And yes, as you were saying, it's coming, it's, it's getting there because I also, and, and you were bringing this up as well, and I think that parts of why we see so many burning out is due to constantly being in our masculine all the time, never allowing ourselves or being allowed to just be and to be held and to be taken care of, to be protected and provided for, which is what the masculine is really good at. And no, I'm not talking necessarily about men and women here because many of us has like a core that's stronger, whether that's masculine or feminine, you can be man or, 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 or woman, but it's understanding that we all need both. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's a power to Absolutely. acknowledge both those sides within yes. yourself and also know when to step into one energy. Yes. Because sometimes maybe you need to be that boss yeah. and be in your ma masculine energy and take charge. Yeah. Like lead the way in a really like uh, assertive way. Exactly. But sometimes you need to take maybe another role, more of the empathic leader that are listeners yes. and, and like uh, supports your employees in a more emotional way. So, yeah. so yeah. So knowing when to use what energy and step into 
the one or the other. That's that's the that's the strength. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> wow 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 so so much uh wisdom in this episode and now it makes much more sense i uh, i think like money sexu- sexuality spirituality and and business uh so thank you for that uh thank i also also always ask my guests in the end uh what is your best advice yes i love this question okay i have two things that i feel is the most important one of the things that i live by is done is better than perfect yeah period i love that yeah. i love that one and getting shit done and it's not going perfect and if you ask all of my previous bosses they've seen powerpoint slides from me that are a disaster but i got it done in the end uh and actually getting started no matter how small that first step is in getting that done uh the second thing is passion beats everything. I mean, it doesn't matter if you don't have the right experience or the right connections. If you have the passion, you will find ways to figure it out. So no matter the experience that you have or do not have, passion is going to win. Love that. Love that. And you have to have the passion for what you're building because yes. you're going to do it for a long time. Yes. And it's going to be hard work. So it is. It's going to have its ups and downs. It. Mm. It's going to have ups and downs. And it's, it's, it's so many people say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. And it's life. Also, like what type of life exactly. do you actually want to build? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love that. Uh, and also, are there any other tech hustlers that you would like me to interview? Uh, I have a few interesting uh, investors. Uh, I would love to hear Julia Delin, who works at uh, SSE Ventures. She's amazing, having raised a fund and is in the second part of the fundraising. Um, to mention a few other, like some... Um, general partners at, at VC funds, uh, Saravi Mikrans would be amazing, uh, yes. Susanna Yaffi, both of them from, from Backing Minds, uh, Heidi Lindvall from uh, Pale Blue Dot, um, thinking if there were any others. So you're probably just getting investors from my point. Uh, <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> uh, also people who, they, and they, they do have um, some more experience uh, than I have also within, within VC having raised funds and, and so on. And they are amazing role models. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ida. Amazing to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Yeah, for me as well. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. What did you think about today's episode? Let me know on LinkedIn and Instagram at TechHustler. This podcast is a passion project of mine. So if it speaks to you, it would mean a lot to me if you would give it a nice review and share it with your friends. See you next week. And until then, hustle smarter, not harder.